0: morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, whatever time it may be. I thank all of you for joining me on this latest edition of All In, All Out. For today's episode, I want to discuss something personal in my life. It's something that I experienced at a young age and dealt with for a good amount of time it's something that I wanted to talk about for a while now but I needed to get to a place where when I would talk about it I wouldn't get emotion so so personal with the the story when talking that I could hold back my anger even though I have forgave the people for what they have done. And that is bullying. Now, I do not claim to be a victim or anything of that essence. But I am someone who has experienced bullying in my lifetime amongst my peers. Now, some of you may be asking, well, why have you decided now to talk about it? Well, first, as I said, I, I need to get to a point to where when I would talk about it, I wouldn't be angry when talking about it from an emotional standpoint. And two, I didn't realize, but October is National Bullying Prevention Month in the United States. So I said to myself, you know, I am at that place where I can talk about it and not get personal, not get emotional. And it is National Bullying Prevention Month. So what a better time to talk about it. So I'm just going to explain my story, what I experienced, and give those out there right now who are experiencing bullying amongst their peers. And for people such as myself who have experienced bullying and may still affect them to this day. But before I get into all that, I do want to lay a foundation. And for those who know, definition time. So the word bullying is defined as to seek harm, intimidate, or coerce Parentheses: someone perceived as vulnerable, and via the National Century Against Bullying, which is a .org website, they define bullying as an ongoing and deliberate misuse of power in relationships through repeated verbal physical and or social behavior that intends to cause physical, social, and or psychological harm. It can involve an individual or group misusing their power or perceived power over one or more persons who feel unable to stop it from happening. Bullying can happen in person or online, various digital platforms and devices, and it can be obvious, parentheses overt, or hidden, covert. Bullying behavior is repeated or has the potential to be repeated over time. Bullying of any form or for any reason can have immediate medium and long-term effects on those involved, including bystanders. Very true, very true. And I can tell you firsthand that is 100% true, without a doubt. And I'll explain that with my testimony on bullying and how I overcame bullying. Lastly, let me read. I want to read a couple of statistics on bullying. The first statistics via a federal survey is that 20% of high school students in the United States of America have reported being bullied on school property within the last year. Oh, this is 2000 and 21. Another statistic is a higher percentage of male than of female students report of being physically bullied. Six percent to four percent ratio. Forty another statistic forty-one percent of students who reported being bullied at school indicated that they think the bullying would happen again. Very true. I'm a witness. Of those students who reported being bullied, 13% were made fun of, called names, or insulted. Very true. Bully students reported being bullied. Excuse me. Of those students who reported being bullied. No, I read that one. Okay, here we go. Bully students reported that bullying occurred in the following places. The hallway or stairwell at school, that was 43%. Inside the classroom, 42%. and the cafeteria, 27%. Outside on school grounds, 22%. Online or via text, 15%. Bathroom or locker room, 12%. And on the school bus was 8%. Bullying is happening at such a high level even to this day. Now, there are a couple of reasons why I believe people get bullied. The first reason is they're insecure about themselves. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was growing up and I would tell my mom about what was happening to me in school. She would tell me, Ryan, they're just jealous of you. They see your potential and they're trying to bring you down. I didn't get it at that point. But now I understand. One of the reasons was an insecurity issue because I didn't act like them. I didn't talk like them. I didn't operate like them. But they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself because I wouldn't fight back. I wouldn't verbally attack them back. I wasn't brought up that way. Now, of course there were moments, I can remember one vividly where I did attack back, but it wasn't something that I started. I didn't even say a word. It was because I laughed. And I'll get into that when I tell my testimony. So insecurity is one thing. Another thing is household trauma. Now, what do I mean by that? Those people potentially could grow up or are growing up in a household that's toxic, in a household where a parent, parents, siblings, they get bullied. So now they find a quote-unquote easy target, and they take out their anger and frustration on that individual. Another reason is they just do it because they can. They do it for fun. Now, some of you may say, oh, why would they do it for fun? Why? Why? It's the same way some people would have sex. It's the same reason why some women may try and experiment with a woman. Just to try it. Just to do it. See if I like it. See if I get a kick out of it. I remember a guy in <laughs> Ponus Ridge. He got pushed into the locker room. I won't say his name. He got pushed into a locker room by this other dude. I remember his name. and He just bawled crying. I remember he he was on the left side of me. And the guy I didn't see the push, but I saw the aftermath of it. And this guy that got pushed, he he left people alone. He didn't bother nobody. He, he was a nice guy. I'm pretty sure he still is a nice guy. And he, he was – he wasn't – I don't think he was slow, but he was one of those kids who – I believe where it wasn't special ed or academic assistance that the schools in Norway called it. So people would do things just for the sake of doing it. And the last reason why I believe people bully other people is because of power. Power. And what I mean by power is the thought process of if I can control this guy, this individual, if I can get them to be psychologically scared by me, then I could potentially get this person to do my dirty work or to do what I want. Now that personally never happened to me, but I, I I can see that happening, and I truly believe that happens. All right, so my story, my testimony, my experience, and let me re- reiterate again: the reason why I'm sharing this story is because I want people to know that they're not alone. That. Even someone such as myself can overcome such adversity, and they get to the point from where I was to where I am now, things can change. Miracles, for lack of a better word, can happen. So here, here, here I go. I recall the first time being bullied was in fifth grade. I was going to Fox Run Elementary School. And at that time, I believe Fox Run didn't have an after-school program. And I don't believe that I was playing basketball on a team at that time. I know when I first started playing basketball organizationally, I was playing in a league at the CTE Center in Stanford. And I don't – again, I don't remember if I was playing on a team at that point. But I believe Fox 1 didn't have the after-school program, and my mom wanted me to be occupied, I presume. So she signed me up to the after-school program at Jefferson Elementary School in Norwalk. And Jefferson Elementary School, that's the school right near the highway and right near the train station. So I'm like, okay, whatever, just an after-school program, not a big deal, whatever. I can tell you that Jefferson Elementary and that experience was one of the most Horrible experiences in my life when I think back on it. Because the people there, my peers, and some people who were gray lower than me, treated me like crap. Called me names. When I would want to sit at a table, they would essentially kick me to the curb. Didn't want anything to do with me. Now, I remember days vaguely crying, wondering why no one would talk to me, why no one would play with me, why no one wanted to socialize with me, and I didn't do nothing. This is the transparent, blunt truth. I was not that person to instigate drama. I was not that person. Not that person. I mean, I... am I cursed a little bit, but not cursing anyone out. I never initiated the drama. That's my point. I never initiated drama. So that happened in fifth grade. Middle middle school, junior high. Oh. oh. I could rec- I could recall in sixth grade. And this is when the new boys were popular, and they were well known for their different styles of skinny jeans and colorized shirts, button up shirts And I remember that my sisters had bought me an outfit it was It was hot. It was was hot. It was a super skinny jeans in turquoise color. A turquoise color. It was a button-up shirt that I believe had orange, turquoise, and white, and shoes and a hat. Fly. I thought I was the flyest kid in the school because I knew nobody had this attire. I get on a bus. No one bothers me. The bus pulls up to the school. And two people, and I won't say their names, but I, I remember the names. The dark-skinned one looked at me because I usually sat in the front of the the bus. The dark-skinned one looked at me and said, ha! Burst out laughing. And throughout the day, even one of the teachers was being sarcastic in regards to my attire. Let's just say I never wore those pants again. Another example in sixth grade would be the girls who, some of the girls who played on the basketball team, they rode on the bus the same one I did and they made fun of me at a time for no reason. I could vividly remember just being sad in the mirror. And I saw the mirror through the driver's rear view mirror. And I remember one of the girls saying, oh, you're getting sad. Oh yeah, I remember that. Again, I ain't say nothing to them. I ain't bother them. This next story this happened in sixth grade, and I, w- I I played basketball at the playground a lot. That's mainly what I did, and there were three hoops. At Ponus, once you walk through the cafeteria doors closest to the, the playground, there was a single hoop, and then... Towards the the left, so like e east, east west north of the cafeteria doors, there was the tennis court in the far back. There was the full court, and then there was the the half court. <sighs> I remember one time, I was playing pickup basketball at at recess. And this guy, and I, again, I won't say his name. He was known for being a a ball hog, at least in the playground. And I did not like this guy, did not respect this guy. He was he was one of the better players in my class, one of my peers. And this guy just kept in the ball, dribbling most of the time, shooting most of the time, and look, I don't have. Even though selfishly, of course, I want to get my shot, I want to touch the ball, I want to shoot a little bit. But if you're if you're scoring, or the way you're playing is producing the buckets, you know. I, I probably wouldn't be so mad at, at that time. I probably wouldn't get so mad and left it alone. But nothing was happening that day in terms of winning games and things of like that nature. And I, I, I remember saying something along the lines of, you know, quick effing hog in the ball, you mother effing ball hog. And I just went off. And he's going back at me and I'm going back at him. And he come up <laughs> to my face. I push him. He pushed me. And I remember a guy, his name is I remember. He came and and split us up. And then we're just chirping back and forth. Still. We ain't fighting no fists and things of that nature. We're just pushing matchup. I, I just didn't like this guy. Did not like this guy. And what I real and my experience with bullying, as I continue to tell this story, is that the main people who bullied me either played on the football team or played on the basketball team. And a majority of them played on the basketball team amongst my class. So there were times when, when I wanted to play on the basketball team, and I would need to play with these people. And I, I said to myself, you know what? I really want to play basketball, and if I need to play with these scumbags, which that's what I thought at the time, that I'm just going to do what I need to do because you are not going to prevent me from playing the game that I enjoy that's why you know and I'm not going to say wh- who 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 did this but I I remember someone telling me that a kid went to a camp And this guy was talking trash to the kid. And the kid came home one day and told his parent, Oh, I don't want to, I want to go back and play tomorrow. Because I was being bullied on the court. And this parent done paid X amount of money for the camp. Like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? I was being bullied by groups and one person talking trash. And, oh my gosh, I don't want to come back tomorrow. Are you kidding me? That's why some, when I, when I see stuff like that with this generation, it's scary in no good way. The, the toughness is just lacking. So anyway, sixth grade, I'll say one more story in sixth grade. And this is when I I stood up for myself in a sense. So there was a guy, I want to give the background. There was a guy who I was best friends with at the time at Fox Run. And we were tight. We were, we were very tight to the point when I went over his family's house. At one point, you know, playing wrestling and action figures and whatnot. I don't recall if he ever came to my home. I pretty if he, if he did, it would have been one time. <sighs> but anyway, one day we were play fighting, and I accidentally, like cocked him in the face, and. I didn't mean it, did not mean it. I said I was sorry, and that's when I didn't know sorry came from the word sorrow. I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. But this guy just, (laughs) I felt he didn't believe me because we, we had beef for a while. Gave it to the point where he was the first guy I ever cursed that. I called him the B word. And the reason why I called him the B word because I was watching WWE and I heard Vince McMahon (laughs) use that word. And I remember saying to him, you, you, eh," female dog. And that's when we were just scrapping, scrapping back and forth. And we had to get broken up. I remember at one point where something happened in the cafeteria just not again, not fist flying one whatnot, but a scrap. And I can remember a guy named, he's just like, yo, yo, y'all need to chill out. Y'all were best friends at one time. And I'm just like, it's him. It's him. I said I was sorry. I I told him it was it was an accident. So back to sixth grade. And no, actually, no. This was seventh. Was it seventh grade? It was sixth or seventh grade. I think it was seventh grade. I think it was seventh grade. Now that I it's coming back to memory. And the the guy in question. Here's what happened. The guy in question, we were in English English class, and the guy in question a comment was made and it was funny. I don't remember the comment, and I just started laughing. And then the guy made a comment about me. And once he made the comment, I said I said to him, Oh, that's that's why you only got one one name on, on your shoes because he had custom shoes and he only had his first name on one of the shoes. And then he made the comment, "Oh yeah, well that's why you're you're in special ed." And when he said that, I I just flipped out. I I remember I flipped over the desk. I walked out of the classroom. I I don't remember where I went, but I was devastated, bawling in tears because my thing is I made fun of a materialistic item. You know I I don't recall ever calling one a, a derogatory term. I don't recall n- name-calling someone the, that's degrading. The if I ever made fun of anyone, it was always something materialistic. And that's why I, th- I made fun of his shoes. And for him to call me and oh, that's why you're in special ed, he essentially was saying, calling me retarded. Because back then the word retarded was common play. And that hurt me. That hurt me because I was an academic assistant. I didn't know why at that time. I felt retarded at that time because no one explained to me why I'm in here. To the point where I recall going into my freshman year in high school. I was still in academic assistance, that's that's the political words that they used, and a girl had asked me, again, this is before I got saved, a girl had asked me to show her schedule, sh- show her my schedule, and I lied and said, oh my <laughs> goodness gracious. I I said something along the lines of, I think my computer wasn't working or my phone wasn't working. I straight up lied because I was so ashamed of being a special ed. You know, it was bad enough that I got different tests than people. It was bad enough that once every other day or every day, don't remember, I... I needed to go to the academic academic assistance for help. Don't know what that help it was, it necessarily. So that's bad enough, but for people that call me stupid or make references about me being a special ed, it it, it was bad. It sucked. It, it sucked. And you know what's the crazy thing is? One of the people that bullied me who was associated with that group that bullied me because, let me tell you, it was always in groups. It was never one-on-one, the bullying. Never one-on-one. Never. Not one time was it one-on-one. One of the people that would bully me at times, he was a special ed. Academic assistance, and I—it's just crazy how people acted during that time. Crazy, crazy. So then we go to eighth grade. No, you know, and the seventh grade, it wasn't bad. I, I still got name called, you know, mother effer, and things of that nature. You know, whenever I played basketball, if I was playing with those people, they never passed me the ball. Eighth grade, it it wasn't that bad. It was similar to seventh grade, where it it wasn't bad to the point where I'm throwing tables and and, and things of that nature. Again, still being name called in groups whenever they had the opportunity I can, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, remember, I remember this story at the playground. I believe it was I believe it was eighth, eighth or seventh grade, playing pickup basketball with one of the dudes, actually the dark skinned one. Who made? Who laughed at me for wearing a turquoise short? Shorts. We played on. We were on the same team, and I was grabbing all the rebounds, all the rebounds, passing it to him or other people. But when I would pass to him, he says he ain't do a damn thing with it. I don't recall him scoring. I don't recall him doing anything efficient with the basketball. So I remember I got the rebound one time, and he asked for the ball. And I just got angry because I was dealing with his crap along with the crap from his boys to where when I passed the ball, I passed it as hard as I could. And the mistake I made, again, I was angry, so I wasn't focusing on the target at hand, which was his chest. Because when you pass a basketball, you always pass it to the guy's chest, the mid-chest. What I did was I passed it on his upper chest to where when the ball hit him, it hit his chin and his neck swung back almost caused whiplash. And I remember he caught the ball, head went back, he dropped it, and he was about to fight I me. Mean, ah oh, man, this guy had <laughs> this guy has some anger in his face, man. And I'm there playing defense. And I'm backing up. I ain't trying to get hit because once I get, once I was taught, you no. Know, once someone punches you, you 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 got to fight. I I was taught to never make the first punch because if someone were to hit me, I could use the self defense claim. And also with me, I'm not I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to say I'm a mixed martial arts king. I'm not saying that. But I knew, even at a young age, I knew that if I were to get in a physical fight with any one of them, I I, I probably would have blacked out. And God knows what I would have done. I, I, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> I took man, I remember days where I would... I will be praying, asking God, God, just put me in a position where they could hit me one time so I could beat their ass. Let's see what I'm saying. Because I was so angry. I was so hurt psychologically, emotionally. Just the abuse. When I was younger, I used to have a problem with speaking. And I didn't stutter or anything, but I had a problem pronouncing certain words because my tongue was big for for a kid. So when I would talk, sometimes I would sound like it wouldn't come out properly. So they would make fun of me for that. Another problem that I had, and my family sometimes makes fun of me for it now, is where when I'm talking to you, sometimes I look up into the ceiling or the sky. And subconsciously, I'm not realizing that I'm doing it until someone points it out to me. So I would get made fun of that. And that traumatized me for a long time to where when I was asked to speak amongst the classroom, I didn't want to do it. I was terrified. I could recall in ninth grade when I was asked to give an oral speech. It was an oral exam. There's there's two or three ways you know how I'm nervous. And praise God, this hasn't happened in in a good while. The The first way you know I'm nervous is when I sweat. I could be cold as Alaska. If I'm sweating... You know I'm nervous. The other way that you know that I'm nervous, and I don't remember the last time this happened, but it happened when I gave that oral exam speech in ninth grade in English class, is that my left leg specifically will shake uncontrollably. Literally just just shake. And sometimes I would secretly, stealth, stealthily just hit it, hit my thigh for it to knock, for my leg to knock it off. And that would happen when I would be so nervous. And that happened most often when it came to public speaking. One on one, when I was with my boys, I could talk all day. when it came to public speaking, whole different ball game, whole different ball game. And I messed me up too, excuse me, when it came to talking with girls. It w- <laughs> other than my first girlfriend, Jeniah, any other person that I had and a girl named Ileana. Other than those two, any other girl that I had relations with, it was always via, it it was not in person because I was so worried on how I would speak. I was so nervous on what to say. And that stemmed from being bullied for those for those four years, it wasn't until my I believe my junior year in high school, where this is it was a white girl that I I liked had a crush on and. I really want to get to know her. I want to ask for a number. But there would be times where I would chicken out. And I recall one day, she was in the math resource center. It was last period and had nothing to do. She was there by herself. And I'm there walking back and forth at a time. I remember God telling me, Ryan, if you don't do this now, it's gonna affect you later in life. So I mustered up courage. I sat down, talked to her. It went well. It didn't go as far as I wanted to, but it went well. I I remember walking her to the bus. I gave her a hug. We spoke. Not not long, short. And that was it. That, That was it. And God told me later on that she was just a stepping stone to get over your final fear when talking with people. That's what God told me. She was just a stepping stone for you to get over your fear, your final fear when talking with people. Now I could talk to anybody. Now I could talk to anybody. I could approach any woman I want or desire to talk to but my point is again that lack of confidence emotionally psychologically mentally that stemmed from the bullying that I experienced when they would make fun of me for my speech they would make fun of me when I would be talking with them subconsciously I'm looking at the sky I'm looking at the ceiling That's where it stemmed from, without a doubt. That's where it stemmed from. (sighs) Ninth grade, it wasn't that bad because it only happened half the year. I mean, after basketball season was over for the freshman team, that's the only team I played on, it pretty much ended you no, know, there'll be times in practice that someone will make a smart comment. And I find it funny that even one time in practice, they will come to me if a free throw needed to be made. I find that funny. But yet yeah, they still diss me at times. I remember the same guy that I had a pushing match with. I remember in eighth grade, it was in the cafeteria. There was nowhere to – there was no seats available. Or at the very least, none of my boys were eating at the time. And I saw their table and one of my teammates was there. I remember the seating exactly. It was right across the the same guy that I had the pushing match with, the the quote-unquote ball hog. And I remember when I approached the t- <laughs> I approached the table. And as I sit down, he looks at me and he starts rolling his eyes. Yeah, he didn't say nothing. But I I'm like, this is a damn free country. I say whatever I want. I just want to eat. I don't want to talk to you. I just want to eat. Neither you don't own this table. That was my thinking at that time. <laughs> But again, going back to ninth grade, that was the same guy that more than a handful of times or close to a handful of times he would ask he would ask me to button, help him button up his shirt. Now, did he do that? just because he could? I don't know. I remember my nephew asked me, when I told him that story, my nephew asked me that one time, did he, he, essentially, did he do that because he felt he had power over you? Good question. Good question. And I said to him, possibly. But to me, I looked at it as doing a favor, helping out. If I could help somebody, I'm still going to help them out. You know, doing, not doing things out of spite because of what someone done to you. That's not walking in love. I knew that as a sinner. That's not walking in love. No. And again, the golden rule. What my mom taught me, treat people the way you want to be treated. I didn't want to be treated like crap. And that's how you, that's how you do it. You kill people with kindness you kill people with kindness now here's how I got over it here's how I got over the bullying in a sense here's how I got over my fear of talking in general except when it came to talking with girls in person one word God, given, no no joke, given my life to God was the medicine, the prescription for me to get over the bullying. Because I remember in the Bible, it talks about judging. And it talked about, we have no right to judge one another. Only God can judge us because he created us. And in accordance to, I believe it was in the the book of Psalms. Psalms 139, I believe, where the scripture, one of the scriptures talk about I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And once I gave my life to Christ and became born again the summer of 2013, almost 10 years ago, once I got that revelation, it never bothered me. I never had fear of public speaking. I knew that I was smart, I knew that I was a child of God, and most importantly, I knew that whatever negative statement that anybody said, it was just an opinion, but a truth. Also, I got to the point where, when those same people who bullied me attempt to have a conversation with me, I would give them one to two word answers. I could vividly remember the guy. <laughs> it may seem like I'm picking on the guy that we had to push him mash with, but I. He, he, we, him and I just had more experiences, you know, in terms of the, the, the bullying and the, the back and forth. I can remember we were in the library one time. This is that McMahon. And I'm there working on a project. I believe we were in the same English class. I'm working on a project. He comes and sits near, near me, and I'm there just typing. He's talking with me and I'm typing. He asks a question or makes a statement. I'm giving 10 words or less answers. I'm basically saying or showing my bio language. You are, what's the word I'm looking for? Come on, Holy Ghost. You are not important in a sense. You are not worth my time. I will acknowledge you because I am a respectful young man of God, but you are not worth my time. And ever since then, of course, at times people say things and make remarks. That's life. We live in an evil world. (laughs) We live in a world where, where Satan has a lease on it until Jesus comes back. But in terms of the bullying itself, the, the name-calling, the harassing, the emotional and verbal abuse, no more. No more. I, I give all the glory to God, all praise to the King of Kings because he delivered me from that spirit of fear. He delivered me from the spirit of, of insecurity. He delivered me from the spirit of feeling like nothing. He delivered me from the spirit of feeling worthless. That wasn't good enough. That nobody cared. He delivered me from that. He did. And that's how I got over it. That's how I got over it. And I will forever be grateful to the Lord of Lords for helping me, giving me revelation on overcoming the trauma of being bullied from fifth grade all the way to ninth grade. Praise to Jehovah Jireh, praise to him. So that's my story. That's my story in a nutshell. (laughs) And before I let all of you go, I do want to give words of encouragement to anyone out there right now who is going through that bullying and you have all my sympathies in the world. For anyone who has experienced bullying and it's affecting you right now you have my sympathies and another thing that I do want to add that cyberbullying is real cyberbullying is real as a story I told all of you a, a while back and for those who didn't listen to the episode I also experienced cyberbullying and that was in ninth grade. <laughs> I, while telling my testimony, I almost forgot about that happening during my ninth grade year. So those who didn't hear the story, I'll say it once more. I I played AAU. It was on the USAD team. And the team and I, we had a tournament. I believe it was in New York. I know that for a fact. It was either in Brewster or Mount Vernon. But I believe it was Mount Vernon, if I were to take a guess. Anyway, it was in New York. So it was a closed game. I believe we were in the semifinals for the tournament. And I didn't play well down the stretch. I committed a turnover remember the point guard looked at me out of frustration, just angry. I I believe that was the same game I was given the ball to shoot the, the last shot. I believe to tie the game and go to overtime. I didn't brick it, but I missed the shot. And I remember one of our big men, who had a good handle too, he asked me, Are you scared? Like, scared? Like, no! I'm not scared? What are you you talking about? Scared? Scared of what? That's my, I was thinking, but I just said, no, I'm not scared. (sighs) After I came out, come outside, walk to the car, with my mom, I go on Facebook, and the point guard, the big man, and another dude who was a guard, light skin, they are completely burying me online, burying me, telling me I'm this, I'm that, I'm trash, so on and so forth. I showed my mom, and long story short, They got suspended for a game, but not really, because the game they got suspended wasn't one of our games. One apologized. Another one apologized, but didn't mean it. And the big man didn't apologize at all, which I stated before. I respect him for not apologizing, because if he were to apologize, he would have meant it. The other guy who apologized but didn't mean it, I looked I looked down on him worse because he didn't mean it. He just said it, it hoping that I would allow him to stay in a hotel slash motel for a tournament that we had in New London. So cyber bullying is real. It is real and it is wrong. Any form of bullying is wrong. Anyone. Anyone. So let me give all of you words of encouragement on 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 how to deal with bullying and uh, first what what I want to do is give or share scriptures about bullying and a confession via these scriptures as again words of encouragement to help. And such times and these are the type of scriptures that I wish I were to I wish I would have known about or brought to my attention and even though I wasn't saved I was still going to church so this may would have helped me better through the trials and tribulations that I was going through so The first scripture is in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. It reads, be be strong and be courageous. Excuse me. Let me restart. Going too fast, Ryan. Slow down. (laughs) Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. It's very profound because almost every day in school for those four years, I was afraid. I was afraid that one of them and terrified. I was afraid that one of them would make a comment or do something And a form of bullying every day. And that is not an exaggeration, that is the straight up truth. So know that what they're saying is just an opinion, they're saying out of anger, and as the scripture states, be strong in the Lord, be courageous. And know, and know that God is always by your side. Speaking to my born again believers. God is by your side. My job at AT AT&T, what I experienced, that was a form of bullying. But I knew that God was by my side and that's why I never wavered. That's why I never quit. God told me. Ryan, Keep doing what you are doing because you're not doing anything wrong. I got you. As long as you know God is with you, you got nothing to worry about. Next scripture I want to read is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It reads, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That, that's essentially what that story of, even though I was being bullied by that guy, I still helped him out to button his shirt and I still contributed in a positive way when playing on the same team as said with said guys and I would never talk down to them I never dissed them I never spread curses on them meaning verbally face-to-face curse them out because of the golden rule treat people the way you want to be treated Walk in love. Talk wholesomely as the scripture says. Build people up according to their needs. That's so powerful. And another scripture, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms bullying is a spirit. Let me make let me make that clear bullying is an evil spirit. And when you are experiencing bullying, it's a spiritual attack. It's to keep you away from the path of God it's, it's to get you to a point to say, God, why are you allowing this? Why am I going through this? You said that you'll always be with me. I, I don't feel like it. I feel alone. Why don't you erase away and kick these people to the curb? That's what the scripture means. You're not dealing with the person necessarily. You're dealing with that spirit. And when you deal with the spirit, when you cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ, results will happen. Results will happen. It's an evil spirit. It is an evil spirit. I'm going to read two more scriptures. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. It reads, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Again, don't fight fire with fire. Don't set up any plans or any, <laughs> any form of action that will cause an absurd amount of drama against those people who are bullying you don't fight them don't fight them physically fight them positively with your words and most importantly your actions as a christian and as a born-again believer let god deal with them god said vengeance is mine when when it's time for judgment, they'll be they'll be judged for that, without a doubt, without a doubt. Last scripture I'm going to read, Matthew chapter five verse eleven. It reads, "Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me." And, I, I, God, God is amazing. That's why I'm in shock <laughs> a little bit. And I experienced this at my, my job. I did feel blessed, even though at times I didn't feel good. I knew the blessing was working. When those people were Insulting me, were persecuting me and saying false things. The customers blessed me, blessed me in ways that they don't even know about. People have blessed me in ways during that time, whether it was in school and at jobs, when people were being negative towards me, people blessed me in ways that. They don't even know about They're ignorant of. So remember that you're as long as you do God's work, you are living right. And you're living for God. Regardless of what people say that's negative towards you. Realize that you are still blessed and you still have God's favor. Because you are a child of God. You're in the Lamb's Book of Life. And here's a lasting word for all all of you. Don't bully people. If you got an issue at home, talk to somebody about it. Whether it's a, a school nurse, a guidance counselor, someone you trust in the family. Someone who won't gossip. Someone that will genuinely help you out with the situation. Don't attack nobody verbally. Don't do it. Because many times in this world, people have committed suicide because they felt ignorantly that they can't live on. They can't take it no more. I was fortunate enough. Not that I would have. Concepulated suicide. But I had people praying for me. All the time. So pray for people. Pray for. That individual that's going through that bullying. That's going through those trials and tribulations. Because prayer works. Prayer works. And the last thing I'll say is. For all of you who who have experienced bullying, who has some issues in life because of it, whether it's an insecurity issue or a confidence issue, know that you matter. You matter. You are worthy. You are important. You are somebody. And that's all I got to say, ladies and gentlemen, stay blessed and stay well balanced. Thank you.